I was thinking about this lately of separation and I'm curious of what you think about it. And I was actually, I've ne- we've never talked about this before, but I find it fascinating that in A Course in Miracles, which is a book that you gifted me, that I leave through every single day, it talks about being special, that we're not all special. And special is a way in which we separate. And I find that to be so fascinating because I've been thinking about that lately a lot where I feel like I'm walking through my day and because I'm the, you know, player one of my game, I'm like, I'm very special. You know, I'm not, you know, you kind of are noticing that you're having a different experience than everyone else. You perceive that. And I feel like I'm special. And I feel like a lot of people that I know feel like they're special. But then there is also the belief that if I think I'm special, then I think that I'm different than people and that I almost create a hierarchy of being better. And I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Like if people are special, if they're not, and a little bit of separation as well. That's a beautiful question. And we are all special. You're special. I'm special. Like we're all so, in, in a certain sense of the word, we are, right? We're so unique. We're so important. I like to tell people that they're divinely iconic. You know, it's a, you are a, a once in a, in a never again, limited edition run, no one else like you. And that is so special. And I really feel that we're, we're being asked to honor that on a deeper level, asked to really see ourselves as sacred and important. Um, but the way that the Course talks about it, and for those who aren't familiar, Course in Miracles is basically a metaphysical text that takes the reader on the journey from fear to love. And if you stick with it and you go deep into it, it helps heal your consciousness of the instinct to go to fear and separation rather than to live um, through the logic of love. And of course, in Miracles makes a distinction between the special relationship and the holy relationship. So it's sort of, it puts special and holy as opposed to one another. And when I go really, really, really zoomed out, when I, when I think about the, the admonition against the specialness, it's that, yeah, you and I could look at each other and be like, we're so special. Like we're so unique. No one else gets us. Like, and then we're like stoked. We're like, cool. I just saw us sitting in a little clubhouse, um, like in a tree house. Like, we're so cool. Like we love each other. Like, you know, you know, everybody else is great too. We love them, but like, there's something really unique here that makes us feel safer. And that is true on a certain third dimensional level, as we've spoken about with the boundaries and things like that. Like, There are people that we're meant to be closer or not close to. It's very unique and amazing when you feel connected. But on that eternal soul level, to believe that we are any different from someone else is ultimately a lie that will create suffering. Mm -hmm. If I find safety in, I'm special in this particular way, I've got this identity, I can be close to all the people with that identity, that feels really good for a minute. But then it starts to break down because it's, it's like I almost saw like a video game. You turn and it's like, oh, that building's starting to crumble because it's not, this, it's not the ultimate resting place for our soul because truly we are all one. And, and the Course talks about how, you know, the, what they describe as the teachers of God, people who've chosen to live lives oriented towards love. The only qualification is that someone, it says somewhere, somehow, someone has decided to not see their interests as separate from someone else's. And the holy relationship is that acknowledgement of, I can access salvation, unity, love equally with anybody because we are truly, truly all one. Mm. Yeah, I know it's such a weird thing because you're like, I want being special to be a positive 
where I'm like, I love myself enough to be special. But there is a part of it where if we are all one, then we are not necessarily because we are all special. And to me, it's it's a paradox, right? Yes. Something else I speak about is relatable brilliance. You know, we we often see people finding relatability and unity through, oh, I'm such a mess. Oh my, my God. life is such a yeah, mess, right? Like, I'm just this dumb human, like yeah. never gonna get it right. You know, all the self-deprecating that's things. Brand. That's a whole female brand. A hundred percent. Being like, so what? I drank a whole bottle of wine and fell asleep watching Real Housewives. And everyone's like, yes, queen, self-care. <laughs> just like, yes, sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting how we've learned how to pr- perform our shortcomings as another yes. form of authenticity, as another form of creating belonging, creating security. And to me, this idea of releasing the idea of a special relationship, it's also happening simultaneously with the fact that we're getting correct perception of ourselves. Mm. We are divine beings. We are so powerful. We are so beautiful. We are so innocent. We are so pure. We are amazing. Every single person, like we are literally made in the image of of an infinitely loving creator. And we're given this realm with so much power where we can create beautiful things and how we live and how we interact is beautiful. Like just even the fact that we can smile and that we want to connect and we want to belong and we're seeking that reunification. There's, we are, we are incredible. And so for me, the, the correction of perception is both, wow, I am one with everyone. And creating these artificial hierarchies doesn't actually serve me, but also I don't have to see my oneness by letting myself stay in a lower frequency where I'm performing things and acting out from my lower nature in a way that doesn't actually honor me. Yeah. I think the performing the shortcomings is like, I don't know if it's like an Instagram trend, but it definitely is very much a thing that happens where people feel more comfortable when people are sharing their, their shortcomings. And it's almost like a meme culture of sorts. And I find it to be really popular amongst women. And there's almost like, I think about when we first started the podcast, you know, five years ago, it's like, that was a little bit part of the brand of us not performing because it was true, but like there was this attachment or excitement about how we were messes. And not that I'm perfect now by any stretch, but it's like, I just speak less of those shortcomings. I've integrated a lot of them. I've kind of noticed the patterns in a lot of them, but it's like, I feel like for women, it's really popular in our community because we're all so used to being oppressed that it is really scary when we see a woman that's like in her power. Mm. That's like, you know, we had Debbie Brown on a few months ago and I was like, you know, what are you, like, what are you working with right now? Or like, what's something that you're really focused on? And she's like, I'm good. I'm really good. It was baller. It was so baller. It was like intoxicating. You're like, yo, damn. And she's good. Like, it's truthful. It's like, she's good. And just, you know, what if there was a situation with women, you know, and even thinking about our listeners where someone walked up and you're like, what, what are you working with? Like, what are you healing? And you're like, I'm healed. You know, I'm like, Jazz, the moon mother talks about it. I'm identifying as healed. And it's like, yo, like we would be like, no, you're not. You know, people would kind of in their head be like, oh my God, can you believe it? Yeah, the audacity, the audacity of this human who has decided that they're free. And it brings up this idea of perfectionism, 
where mm. part of, I think, the performance of the shortcoming, shortcoming is this idea of, is it okay for me to be a mess, right? Like, yeah. like I can still be here and be loved even though I'm struggling with this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, when they feel that step into leadership and they feel that step into their greatness and their power, there's this sense of, oh no, what if this means that I, I have to just be perfect now yes. and I can't mess up at all mm-hmm. and I can't have that glass of wine and I can't actually accidentally judge that person yes. and I can't feel weird about my body sometimes or whatever it is, but it's ultimately for me about that integration of fully divine, fully human. Like, can we give ourselves the space to claim all that we are and to not have our humanness disqualify us from owning that? And can we get comfortable as well with celebrating other people? This brings up mm-hmm. the energy of the panopticon, the surveillance state, this sense of- Can you talk about what that is? Yeah, the panopticon is the, if you picture- a prison cell tower. There's a, a cylinder of the guard tower in the middle, and then there's a circle of cells around it. And the windows of the guard tower are tinted. And so at any given moment, the prisoners know I could be being watched, but they can never tell when. They could have a guard there once who calls someone out who sees something, and they could literally never have someone else in that guard tower again. But that sense of I could be being watched. I shouldn't cross the line is something that is, it's, it was invented in the 17 and 1800s for prison control, but it's now been instituted in our entire society. You can see the way that people self-police with the sense of someone could be watching, mm-hmm. whoever that someone is. You know, Is it someone else in my, my parents' town who's going to judge me? Is it the government? Whatever it is. And so we, we walk around with this self-policing. And when I see, I just saw the energy of someone standing in their power and then people trying to pull them by the ankle back down. Don't do that. You're going to draw attention to us, right? You're going to rock the boat. You're going to turn the eyes on us in a negative way. So it's interesting to look at how we're programmed to keep each other small as a way of staying safe. I almost, like I see kids in a, in a family unit where if someone's too loud, the parents are going to get mad at everybody. It's like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And we're still playing that out. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.